This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey there, thank you for tuning in to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle and I am One Organized Mama. Episode 80, which bag of carrots are you? Things I've learned about small business marketing. But first, I wanted to share something that I observed last night with you guys. Something that I talk about a lot on this podcast, especially when it comes to my time management journal and the time buckets. So if you're not familiar with what my time buckets are, go back, listen to some episodes, because I have a lot to talk to you about this episode about marketing, um, and I want to take up a lot of time on it. But one of the time buckets that I talk about a lot is the quiet time bucket. So here's my observation about the quiet time bucket. As I stood at the airport last night around midnight waiting for my bags to come out on the conveyor belt. Um, My husband and I are making this major move from our beloved Las Vegas, Nevada and moving across country to Southeast coastal Georgia this, this summer. So The wheels are in motion. We decided to take a quick trip out there, just he and I, the past few days, and just sort of, as he calls it, do recon, because, you know, he's a military guy, and kind of just scope out the area and um, narrow some things down. So there were a lot of big decisions that needed to start being made on this trip. So we did that and flew back home uh, late last night. Our flight was delayed, got in a little bit before midnight. While I was on the trip, what happens on what happened on this trip happens a lot when I travel. I I love travel because I just get a perspective about my life. I just I feel like it gets me away from the everyday grind and then I just have some clarity. I'm able to do some reflection. I kind of come up with my grandest ideas um when I travel. And that definitely happened on this trip because again, We have some very big decisions to make in the next few months. So I was really grateful for that. So I came back to Vegas kind of ready and motivated to um, get get to work on these next steps. And I walk off the airplane. And first, let me back up. If you are a Las Vegas local (laughs) and you fly home, there's almost nothing worse than flying home to Vegas because most of the people that you're on the airplane with are like, party mode, revelers, they're always loud flights, or people are drinking, they're having fun. They're super excited to get to Vegas. For those of us that live here, we just have to go to work the next morning. And so we had an early morning. And so our flight was delayed. And we come into Vegas, land a little before midnight, get off the plane with our fellow, our people, our fellow passengers that are ready to party. And if you have, are not familiar with the Las Vegas airport. It is true. You walk off the plane, you step off the plane, and you are greeted by uh, slot machines right out as soon as you get off the plane. So, you know, we're kind of used to that. Make our way down to baggage claim. And in baggage claim, and I'm tired. I'm super tired. I'm, 
you know, dealing with all these big decisions uh, about moving and the next steps that we have to take. And I'm like, holy smokes, the music is so loud in here. We're at baggage claim. And I, it just really struck me. I was like, my gosh, the music is so stinking loud. And you're, when you're waiting for your bags, you're surrounded by more slot machines, more revelers from more airplanes that have all landed and concentrated on one spot. And everyone's like super excited. The energy is super high. And then this loud blaring music, even at midnight on the jumbotrons, like talking to you about like all this, these exciting things that you can do in Vegas and shows and loud music and all of this stuff. And I just want my bags and I just want to get home and crawl back into my own bed. So as I was waiting for my luggage to come out, I kind of thought, I was like, wait a second. This is very similar to what I talk about when it comes to quiet time and what the importance of quiet time is and what it brings. We came from a very quiet place in the country and flew into this very high energy place of the country. And when it was quiet, I had the opportunity to reflect and to kind of problem solve and to have some clarity on my life and what the next steps are. But when I'm in Vegas, sometimes that energy, when you live in a big city, that energy, especially in Las Vegas, even though I'm just like another local, like I am proud to say I never go to the Las Vegas Strip. I don't even know what's going on. That's a totally different world to me in Las Vegas. But that energy does spill out into the rest of our lives. We're a very high energy kind of city. And that can be fun, but too much of that can be draining and can really wear on you. And that's what I really realized that energy is, can be motivating. Energy can be fun. Energy can be exciting. But in order to have some balance in life, you also need some quiet time. You also need time to reflect, to take a break. And so often in our lives, our days begin with high energy. Our days begin with what's the first thing we grab? Our phones, with our phones, with a million messages while we've been sleeping at night. It's always trying to tell us something. It's marketing to us. It's sharing information with us. People are reaching out to us on our phone all all day long, right? It's important for us to step away, even if it's 5, 10, 15 minutes a day, just to have very... Um, purposeful, quiet time, just to step away. Our brains need it. Our brains really need it just to kind of digest and process and reflect and have some clarity and just get a freaking break from it. And even if it's like a spiritual quiet time, or maybe even a little bit of a physical quiet time where you just go outside the house and do a quick walk or something, or just sitting in a quiet room, It's definitely, definitely needed to have some kind of balance. Now, on the flip side real quick, I thought about this. What about when you have too much quiet time? Sometimes that can be kind of unmotivating. I certainly found that during the the quarantine lockdowns where we couldn't live, whatever they're being called, I don't know, of 2020, where I was just home a lot. And I just started to get really kind of meh and like really unmotivated. Well, I had to create opportunities for energy. I had to sort of get out there. I had a couple of really great friends that we would meet and we would just do like two to three mile walks and that was motivating. So I had to create some energy. So just some kind of food for thought to think about. Um, No matter if you're just feeling like overwhelmed, 
maybe you need to have a balance of some very purposeful quiet time and have it as a part of your schedule more during your day. If you're feeling unmotivated and not able to find, you kind of get the momentum going, perhaps you need to create the momentum by getting some energy into your life, by having whatever form of Las Vegas is is you in your life. Maybe it's the physical health bucket, really getting out there, kind of getting things going and creating that energy, creating that momentum yourself. So food for thought. All right, let's get into the marketing aspect of your business. I am not a marketing expert. We all know that. I don't have a marketing degree. I don't have a marketing company. I'm just here to share with you as a fellow small business owner who has started her own businesses, how I have interpreted all of the marketing information that is out there. Because there's some really big terms and it can get very complex. So I just want to walk you through Hopefully you can take away a few nuggets of this, but I'm not claiming to be any kind of marketing expert any way, shape, or form. But one of the things that I really want to convey to you that I have really found is very important is what is called value proposition. Because I think a lot of times, a lot of people put so much emphasis on only social media Or you hear terms like, what is your client avatar? And some of this stuff, like, you know, you get what they're saying, but you're not quite sure how it applies to you and how you can apply this to your small business. And marketing, like I said in the previous episode, if the phone is not ringing, if people are not calling you and asking you about your services or reaching out to you, then you have a marketing problem. It's plain and simple. People just don't know you exist. They don't know what you're doing. They don't know you're in business. Plain and simple, it's a marketing problem. Marketing is just a way for you to get out there, let people know, hey, I'm open for business. And we'll go through exactly some steps on how to do that. But I'll also talk about some of these other things that are very common in the marketing world, again, social media, and one thing that I see over and over again, that doesn't make any sense to me. And it's this like, idea of an avatar, an ideal client avatar, like, again, I get it. But I don't get it. Um, So let's start with value proposition, because this is something that I feel like I kind of finally get and I have a grasp on. And it's something that I want to share with you. So if you were to look for the definition of what a value proposition, you'll find a lot of different things. So I've sort of done a compilation of some of the stuff that I have found in my notes to try to grasp what is this. Um, It says in marketing, it's a short and succinct statement that tells consumers what your company stands for, the operations behind it, and why consumers should buy or hire from you. Huh? Right? All right. So I have my little trusty notes here. This is over years. Let me tell you, this is over years of trying to figure this out. I listen to a lot of different marketing podcasts. I've done my own research. And again, there might be like this marketing like guru or marketing expert out there is like, what is she talking about? But I'm just talking to like my fellow business owners. And this is what I've kind of deduced from that very fancy definition. All right. Here's how I will break this down to you. What is a value proposition? 
It's something that you need to start with. And this is not like, this is not the catchphrase of your business. This is not a slogan. It's not a tagline. Like it says, it's a short and succinct statement. You need to tell people like what you do. Okay, well, I do professional organizing, right? That's kind of where I started out. But what does that mean? I mean, people have a lot of different ideas of what a professional organizer is or whatever your particular business is. They, they have a lot of different ideas of what that could be, what you could offer. So how do you convey this to your client? There are some questions that I want you to ask yourself. So you can actually, I'm going to go through them. You can stop the podcast episode, make sure you come back and write these down and do some brainstorming. This could be a brainstorming exercise. And this is something that you could listen to a few times. But here's the exercise I want you to go through to figure out what your value proposition is. First, I want you to ask yourself, why are you in business? Next, I want you to ask yourself, who do you want to serve? Next, how do you want to serve them? And lastly, what unique values do you bring to the table? What, what is unique about you? All right. So write those down, figure them out. This is something you're going to do probably a few times. I'm just, just letting you know. It's something that's going to be sort of evolutionary for you until you kind of figure out what this is. So next, I want you to focus on solving a problem. So what is a professional organizer? Well, it's someone that organizes homes. Yeah, but what does that mean? Okay, so that's the next step that I had to take to figure out what is my value proposition? How do I convey what a professional organizer does or what does one organized mama do and how that translates and and helps me reach my potential clients out there? So this is what, these are what my answers have looked like over the years and what I've kind of, over the years, what they've sort of whittled down to. Granted, they've said a lot of different other stuff over the years, but it's funny when I look at this now, and this came from a lot of different notes that I've taken. Like I said, I like to keep my notebooks and kind of look back year year after year. And it's funny that whether I am organized, was organizing client homes, like doing the hands-on organizing or doing what I'm doing now with One Organized Mama with the podcast and the online courses and one-on-one coaching, it's still the same. It's the exact same thing. Like my, my, what I'm offering, my value proposition hasn't actually changed whatsoever. Like I just don't go into homes and do the organizing anymore. So let's start with my answer to my why question. Why am I in business? Well, I am in business because it's important for me to have the freedom and flexibility over my time and still be able to provide financially to my family. That is what I kept going back to time and time and time again, because there were times where I thought this is too hard. Should I just go back and work for somebody else? And I always went back to my why. No, because then I'm on their time. Then I lose the freedom and flexibility to work and to be able to while also providing financially to my family. Like if I'm going to spend my time working, I have to get paid for it because I have to provide financially to our family. But again, I want to be able to control 
the hours and the days that I work. I got tired of having to ask permission for time off. And so that's been my why ever since I started One Organized Mama back in 2012. And it hasn't changed. Who? So who do I want to serve? Because we're in business to serve. Yes, we're also in business to make money. I'll get to that in just a sec. But who do we want to serve? Well, remember when I was just talking about that avatar? This is something that really didn't, I've heard it over and over and over again. And I, I don't, I didn't like it. I have, and probably the reason I didn't like it, my client base is very diverse, a very diverse group of people from all ages, stages, and even socioeconomic backgrounds in life. And so it felt kind of weird and, and unnatural to say like, my ideal client lives in this house, looks like this, drives this kind of car, has uh, whatever, you know, it, that felt very weird and unnatural to me. So that never resonated with me. But if it resonates with you, awesome. But who do, who do I serve? Like, who is it that I want to serve? So who do I serve? Well, I serve people who struggle with finding things in their home. They're feeling overwhelmed in their home. And they're tired of living in the chaos. Those are the people that I want to serve. That's who I want to help. Because number one, I have I can relate to them. Because I've had times in my life where I felt very overwhelmed and I taught myself techniques that helped me feel less overwhelmed and helped me feel and gain some control in my life and not let me live in this like hamster wheel or groundhog day of life where it felt like the same thing and just chaos, a different form of chaos every day. So those were the people that I wanted to serve. That's what I focused on. So how did I want to serve them? Well... I wanted to teach them what I had learned for my own self, from my life, and helping them create an organization system in their home that works for them using four simple steps. So I understand because I did all of the, I still do all of the research on organizing and time management. And it can be super overwhelming out there, just like marketing your business. I mean, there's a lot of information out there. We are in the age of information overload. So I, what I did is like, hey, I, I know you're feeling Kate, like life is chaotic. You hate being in your house. It's not a place where you feel rested and relaxed and it's not your sanctuary. Like I really believe it should be. Our home should be our respite from the world, our sanctuary from the rest of life, but in a place where it like recharges us and we connect with our, the people that mean the most to us in our life. And it doesn't feel like that for everybody. And so that's really what I want to convey. And I want to reach out and say, Hey, if your life, if your home feels like this, if your life feels like this, I've already done all the research and I have broken it down and I'm going to teach you some Four really easy steps. In fact, four simple steps for you to create some systems in your home and to help you get out of that cycle of chaos and, and clutter. So that's how I want to serve them. So what unique values do I bring? Well, I love to teach people. I'm the old, maybe it's because I'm the oldest of four. Like when I was in younger, we played school. I love to be the teacher. I like to teach people. I really like like learning a complex system and being like, okay, 
Let uh, figure this out. I'm a horrible bureaucrat, by the way, horrible bureaucrat. I hate complex, overly complex systems. And I've been a bureaucrat before. I didn't last that long. And so I just like things like, hey, how do we get from like A to Z? Can we knock out like 15 of these steps? Yeah, we can. Let's simplify this process a little bit. And I'm going to teach you how. I'm going to teach you how you can like combine some of the stuff, get rid of that. I want to teach you. I've learned all of this and I have a heart to just share with everybody. And I've really proven that on this podcast too. I, you, if you've noticed on this podcast, I don't do the, I guess it's a marketing technique of like making those promises. Listen to this episode. I'm going to teach you how to do XYZ. And then you listen to the episode. And right before I get to XYZ, I'm like, buy this for me, buy this book, buy this course, buy whatever. I just tell you. And I'm even really honest of like, yes, I do teach this stuff in my online courses, but I'm going to be honest with you. You can also, if you have the time and you want to listen over and over, you can get a lot of the information from my podcast episodes. I just really dive deep on my online courses. But again, I'm just giving you all of the information pretty much for free if you want to take the time to listen to it. All right. So that's what I learned. The uniqueness of what I bring is I love to teach. I'm a teacher. And I actually do it also in my real estate business as well. I love working with people who really want to have an understanding of when they're buying and selling a house. And so that is the um, value proposition that I bring to the table when it comes to my real estate business. I will spend and I have spent an hour and a half going over a real estate contract with somebody. Uh, If you are signing that paperwork and you have a question about every single paragraph, I'm answering it. So I have really, again, jumped in. I really learned what those real estate contracts are all about. And I love teaching them. I love explaining how does that apply to when you're buying and selling your home. And so it's definitely something not just with One Organized Mama that I realize that I bring to the table, but also with my other business as well. So once you've answered those questions, I want you to go on to the next step because ultimately you are serving to solve a problem. Write that down. I serve to solve a problem. Serving, solve a problem. Those are the two things that I really want you to just kind of keep in mind. So what problem do I solve? What problem do I solve as a professional organizer? Well, again, I went back to what are, who am I serving? What's going on in their life right now? Well, these are the people that can't find anything in their home. They're always running late. They're tired of the chaos, tired of the disorganization, and also tired of the over the paralysis by over analysis, the, the ones that are over analyzing and feeling like everything has to be perfect. Those are my people. That's who I am like shouting from the rafters to on this podcast. Those are the people that in Las Vegas that I served are the people out there. I'm like, hey, those of you out there that are, again, you're Day after day, you're getting in trouble at work because you can't find your car keys. You are finally find them, jumping in the car, driving like a maniac across town, running back into your office. And that's how you're starting off your day. Like, I can help you. I can help you. And I can do it with four easy steps. So that is a problem that I am solving for my clients. 
Now, a part of the value proposition is the benefits. So you really need to convey is what benefits. So if you come over with me, how am I different? So again, you need to know what your unique values are that you bring to the table. So this is how I conveyed this to my clients. The benefits of listening to the One Organized Mama podcast or to back in the day hiring One Organized Mama to organize your house. I'm going to take that chaos and that disorganization and what feels overwhelming and I'm going to break it down into small bite-sized pieces and steps and teach you exactly how to do it because you know. Like I will, if you ask me what time it is, I'm going to tell you how to build the watch. So that's kind of what my method is. And that's what makes me unique. Other people might have a completely different way, but that's, I'm going to learn something and then I'm going to teach it to you. I'm like, oh my gosh, look what I just learned. So that's what I want to do. And I want to make it easy. I want it to be easy. I think again, sometimes things in life are way too overcomplicated with a lot of this stuff. And so I just want to break it down, make it easy for people. It, the, another benefit, if you follow my steps, and it, remember, just four little steps, just four steps that you need to follow, then you will be able to find your stuff. There's no more running around. You know where your keys are. You wake up in the morning, you have your routine, you pick up your keys, you on time, giving yourself plenty of time to get to the car and to drive across town for work. Maybe even get there a few minutes early. That is the benefit. No more chaos. No more running in, sneaking into your office like sweaty and hot and like hiding from your boss. Like no more of that. Or no more fighting with your family or over shopping or trying to spend as much time away from home because you don't even want to be home. It's not a place that you like. I don't, I don't want you to live that life. I want you to enjoy your home. I don't want you to be embarrassed of it. I want you to just be like, this is, this is my place. This is my sanctuary. And I want you to feel comfortable and to love the people that are the closest to you in your home. So that is one of the benefits. I want you also as a benefit to have less clutter. Clutter is just, it's anything that doesn't have a a place where it belongs in your home. That's clutter. And I want you to learn how to manage it. I want you to learn how to keep it at bay. It's always going to come into our life. You know, there's different areas in our home that sometimes get cluttered and I just learn to deal with it, manage it, and then it goes away and we don't have to deal with a lot of clutter, which can cause chaos. And also one of the benefits is I want you to have more time because again, time is one of the most precious and valuable resources that we all have across earth. So you can buy more, you can't create more. We're all given just a very limited time. We're given the exact same amount in our day. And I want you to get the most out of it. So the people that really this resonated with were fellow when I was, um, uh, especially as a professional organizer, were fellow entrepreneurs and salespeople. Salespeople a lot of time understand that time equals money and whether you're a salesperson or entrepreneur, it means the same for you too. And that's why I said, what bag of carrots are you? So when you go into the grocery store, I've used this example many times before, which bag of carrots do you buy? Because it doesn't matter if you're in Southeast Georgia or Las Vegas, Nevada, grocery stores carry the same stuff for the most part. Are you buying the bag of carrots that are already 
um, peeled and cut. And all you have to do is dump them in the pot roast when you get home. Or are you buying the bag of carrots that you have to peel and chop yourself? One costs more than the other. So one is saving you time. One is saving you money. You are making those decisions all of the time throughout your life. That is what I convey over and over and over again to those who follow One Organized Mama, right? So if you've listened to this podcast, this isn't the first time you're hearing this. That is the benefit I'm giving you, helping you get more time, make the most of the time that you're given in each day. So do you see what I'm saying? This is stuff that you've heard again, if you've listened to the One Organized Mama podcast, stuff that I've talked about over and over again. So what I've done over the years is that again, this has been an evolution of this. What do I offer that's unique? Are there other professional organizers out there that have podcasts? Heck yeah. Do they all have the same message as me? No, and that's okay. A lot of you guys listen to a lot of different podcasts from a lot of people. I do. You know, I love listening to real estate podcasts, marketing podcasts, and I get little nuggets from each. I don't follow any one of them 100%, but I get little bits and pieces from each, and I'm hoping that you get the same. So again, I'm giving you something of value from this podcast. I'm teaching you. I'm breaking it down into small bite-sized pieces not just on the marketing, or excuse me, on the organization and time management, but also on the marketing side. All right. So again, go back to your own list, take a look at the, que- at the questions, answer those questions. Remember that you are serving and problem solving for your clients. That's what your message should really focus on. Once you really understand that, just like what I'm doing right now, I can talk off the cuff about what my value proposition is when it comes to One Organized Mama. And even when it comes to real estate, <clears throat> I people without, you know, all the time ask, why should I hire you over somebody else? And I'm able to tell them, this is what you're going to get with me. Are you going to get the super shiny, you know, like super shiny one (laughs) with whatever super shiny is. I don't know why that just came to my head. But I think of that sometimes like people in business that like just look very shiny and put together and like drive a super, super fancy car. I'm not that person. I'm kind of the real person that's probably like a lot like you. I can be very relatable. I understand like for instance, when it comes to uh, real estate that's definitely something it's over. It's okay to overanalyze on and ask a lot of questions. I get that. So when my clients call me, they're like, hey, Janelle, can we go over this paperwork? I'm like, heck yeah, give me, you know, X amount and I'll sit down and we'll go over it with you and I'll answer all of your questions. So again, if you understand who you are, what you bring to the table, Like we just said, ultimately, you're in business to make money, right? So let's talk about the money thing for just a quick second. Because this is something that can be a sticking point. And I, personal experience, I have constantly discounted myself way too much. I've discounted myself in business, period, way, way too much over the years. And this is what I've learned to do. I know what I bring to the table. I'm so confident in it. I know very confidently and will convey how that can help somebody in their life. And I 
refuse to just continue to discount myself anymore because I know what I bring to the table. And when I'm able to do that and the topic of money, well, okay, how much do you charge comes up, then I can say I charge X amount and leave it at that. I, I just say I charge X amount and then silence and then let them decide. Because just like that bag of carrots, they're going over in their mind, do I want to pay that? Because maybe I'm, I'm the bag of carrots to them that you have to, you know, peel and chop yourself. So I might be cheaper. I might be that bag of carrots to some folks. And to other folks, I might be the bag of carrots that costs a lot of money. And so they're weighing their investment, their time, money, investment in their head. So that's what I'm doing as the business owner. I'm saying, here is everything. I am here to serve you. I'm help, here to help you solve a problem. This is how I'm going to do it. These are the benefits that you're going to get. And here's how much I charge for that. And then I stay silent. I let them make that decision. Now, I don't do it to like silence where it's super awkward, but I, it's kind of this power play too in the sense of like, you've given them everything, stop talking, stop talking. And that's hard for me to do, but I've learned over the years. So we're all in business to make money. So stand confident, know what you bring to the table and convey it as confidently as you can. And this exercise that I just went over with these questions is, again, something you'll probably have to do over and over and over again. You'll hit certain walls or valleys. You know, every business has a peak and a valley in your business. You'll hit some of those valleys where you're like, Ugh, what is, I'm, what's not working out? So take a bird's eye view, go back to the drawing board and take a look at these. And like I said, I've done this over and over the years that it doesn't matter if I'm organizing in person or I'm doing the podcast and the coaching and the courses, my business is essentially the same. The fundamentals and the foundation of my business have not changed over the years. Okay, so let's have a little bit of fun here when it comes to value propositions, because this is something that I think a lot of times, again, I'm not just talking to professional organizers in this podcast, I'm talking to other types of business owners. And so let's have a little bit of fun with other types of value propositions. So for me, obviously, as a professional organizer, and it's actually very common, feel free if you're a professional organizer to just kind of say, I sell you back your time that you're welcome to use it. Um, but what if you're in other, other types of business? So I kind of went through while I was um, outlining this podcast episode and I was thinking, what are some other value propositions that are out there that other businesses do? So one value proposition is to save you money. And for me, that means shopping at Walmart from laundry detergent to lunch meat, I can get pretty much everything that I need when I need to do a big haul for my family. And I know I'm going to save money as opposed to going to some of my other stores that I really like or whatever. So if I, if, if what is value to me at that moment is saving money, I shop at Walmart. But what about those times where life is chaotic and crazy and I literally have no time to go to the grocery store because it's happened and I, my value is that, that I need. The thing that's most important to me in that moment is convenience. Where do I shop? Amazon and their Whole Foods. 
So I don't know if Southeast Georgia, rural Georgia is going to have this. So this is something I'm going to probably miss. But here in Las Vegas, we have a whole, we have several Whole Foods locations. And yes, I'm paying a premium. But there's a moment or two where I'm like, I have no milk in the morning. But if I, in no time, so I can get on my phone app, add milk, and it will be like delivered to my house. And I know there's a lot of different other companies out there, but that's the one that I'm most familiar with. And that has been the most reliable for me. So um, super, super grateful to have that for when convenience is one of my problems. Amazon and Whole Foods solve that problem. So something, so this isn't necessarily something that's super relatable to me, but it's just kind of, I thought it was interesting. Status, like to buy something of status. Uh, my husband and I love Burt Kreischer, and so we listen to Two Bears, One Cave podcast when, like, the kids aren't around, um, and they were talking about on an episode recently about Britney Spears' boyfriend buying this watch, and I had to go to Instagram to, to watch this process, but apparently he bought this watch or was gifted a watch maybe from Britney, I don't know, where you had to wear gloves <laughs> to open it or put it on or something. And so it like comes with these gloves and you open this box and then it's this beautiful watch. And I don't know how much it costs. I think like, I don't know, like hundreds of thousands of dollars or something. But why would somebody buy a watch like that? And it's simply for status. They just, it is a sign of status. And you know what? More power to you if you can do it. So that was something that I thought was pretty interesting. But I've been a mom forever And so one of the most important things when I buy a car is safety because I'm always in mom mode. My brain's always thinking like these are, this is the vehicle I'm driving my, my, you know, little ducklings in and my precious cargo. And so I drive my car for like years. I drive it for like almost 10 years. I think I had my Honda Pilot. And then, I mean, like my mileage will get to like 200,000 miles our mileage on my car gets to the point where like our mechanic is like, when are you buying a new car? So when I had to get a new car back in around 2016, I had always wanted a Volvo. So I purchased a Volvo. And I will tell you this with Volvo, I drank the Kool-Aid and I know all about their safety to this, to this point. Interesting fun fact about Volvo. Back in 1976, the Volvo was the company that created the um, the seatbelt that we know today, the three-point seatbelt system, three-point harness or whatever it's called. Um, 1976, that was the year I was born, so that's why it stuck out. But I learned about this, and so they had created it because before then, most cars had just a lap belt, and they found out that it actually is a safer option to have this three-point seatbelt system. So instead of patenting or putting a patent on it, they actually decided not to because they realized this was a safety feature in cars that could save lives. And so Volvo has estimated that it saved about a million lives since 1976 on their with their seatbelt design. That's how well Volvo has done educating me and as a mom who wants a safe car to drive. So I look at that, like I can tell you the history of the seatbelt. All right, what about comfort? Like again, I flew home. I'm not gonna lie, every time I walk, we flew Southwest, so Southwest doesn't have first class, 
But what about the flights that do? I am jealous every time I walk through first class. I wish I could fly first class all of the time because it looks so comfortable. And that's how they get you to purchase a first class seat. I mean, because it's significantly higher from what I've seen than purchasing in coach. So I always say one day, one day I'll win the mega millions or something and be able to fly in first class because of the comfort. And I love traveling and I wish I could travel in comfort and sit in first class. But that is what the airlines are able to convey in getting people to pay a premium and more money on their flights is what they will get, what benefits they'll get when traveling. So maybe your business is one of comfort and offers comfort. All right. What about experience? That's another value proposition. A lot of times we're willing to pay money for just experience. So tonight, for instance, I have a girlfriend where my husband and I are going to meet her and her husband for dinner at a restaurant called, I believe it's called My Mother's House. So a restaurant here locally in the Summerlin area of Las Vegas. And apparently it's like, it just, I've just heard people rave about it. It's like a family owned restaurant. The food is amazing. It's cooked, you know, daily, like homemade. And then the owner comes out to sing. And I think he sings like Sinatra or something I've been told. I'll find out tonight. But we're, we're paying for the experience. So do we really need to be going out to dinner right now? We were like, no, but you know what? We're about to move away. This is a place that we've wanted to go. And so let's go for the experience. I mean, our whole city is built on experience after all, Las Vegas, Nevada. So maybe that's something that you can convey again as a value proposition to your potential clients. All right, lastly, One of the greatest value propositions that I think that Etsy has done really well, of course, is one of a kind or customized. So a lot of times when we're just looking for something that's, you know, unique and different and that maybe we want it customized, a lot of times we'll go to Etsy to look for that. Whereas we could find probably the very same exact thing or something very similar at Hobby Lobby or Target or Walmart or wherever, somewhere else online. But we want it to be, like I said, just kind of special, unique, like not like anything anyone else has. So Etsy has done a really, really great job in helping small business owners market that it's a very customized, one-of-a-kind product that you're going to get by shopping with their vendors. So those are all different value propositions just to kind of get just to kind of get things like stirred up in your head. And so you can kind of have an, a, 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 an idea. What do companies do? Think about yourself. Why do you, for one thing, you're, you want bargain cheap. I mean, we all say we want to save money, right? But I would imagine that there are things that you will pay a premium on just like the bag of carrots. Like sometimes you're picking up that bag for convenience to save time. Other times you're trying to save the money. So Take a look and see what areas in your life are you noticing that the companies and the products that you're, you're paying for, how are they getting you to do it and apply that to your own business? So lastly, a few things that I want you to consider when it comes to marketing your business. I want you to identify first and foremost, where's the need? 
what is the need and how can you fill it? So that's something again to kind of help get the juices flowing in this. My brother did a really great job with that transportation company. He's in the um, car dealership industry and he just saw simply a need for transport of vehicles between dealerships. That was it. He was in there. He started a little business. He ran it for a few years. It was really, really uh, successful when he did do it. So he just saw a need and he filled that gap. Sometimes with that, and he really didn't do it with doing a lot of marketing after all, because the need was so tremendous that it didn't really need like a website or social media group. Sometimes your business could be as simple as that. It just fills a gap where there is a gap in the in your community that no one else is filling. All right, another thing I want you to consider about, let's dive into a little bit more on social media because it is something, again, with marketing that comes up so frequently. I do want to tell you, and I've told you again, it is possible to have a thriving and successful business without having a huge social media following. I promise you, promise you, it is. I don't even think I have, I know I don't have 2,000 people on Instagram, on my One Organized Mama Instagram, and I have tens of thousands of downloads on this podcast. The the numbers don't match up, right? I mean, and people like that, how is that possible? Unless you're on social media, it doesn't exist, right? I mean, that's really what some people kind of think. Unless you're actually kind of in the trenches doing the work and you realize, nah, it doesn't matter. Social media can just be one leg of the table. If your business is a tabletop and you need marketing to hold it up, I've heard this explained before, social media is just one leg. It's just another way for people to go out there for you to stay top of mind and be like, oh yeah, she organizes or she sells real estate. Um, let's give her a call. So that's why I do social media. But don't worry about if you don't have a so big social media following. I see so many times, especially people in the younger generations, think that that is the be all and end all with marketing your business. That won't necessarily get the phone ringing. And sometimes, and I have found that it, when it does, it's people you don't want to talk to. I get, I encourage you guys to send me messages on social media, but guess who else is sending me messages? People that I don't want to talk to that have nothing to do with this podcast with One Organized Mama. They just want to contact me for a variety of other reasons. So don't worry so much about social media. And I know out there too, there's very much this thing. And I hope, I I know we all know it, but it's like the look at me kind of thing of the people that are supposedly killing it out there. I still get caught up in that. Like, is that, are they really that successful? Are they really doing that good? You never know. Yes, they could be, but you know what? No, they couldn't. I mean, there's, we all know social media is like, it's not real life. It just isn't. So just remember that. And also just remember, it's just one aspect of your marketing. It can be a powerful tool though. So I'm not, I'm not completely putting it down there. All right. The next thing is, is before building a website, oh, this is something, websites can be expensive. Just ask yourself, do I really need one? Again, not every business needs a website, just like every business doesn't necessarily need social media and just kind of explore other options out there. 
Email can be a very powerful tool. So if you are able to set up a landing page, um, MailChimp, Constant Contact, there's a lot of different email providers out there. That can be another aspect of just keeping in touch with your past clients if you get email addresses. Just again, staying top of mind, email actually can be a very powerful tool to use when marketing your business. But again, it it depends. Like I am big and going in there and unsubscribing if someone's emailing me way too much. So there's that thought out there, email people constantly. I'm kind kind of again in a different camp. I don't I don't I don't like to get constant emails from businesses. If I'm getting too many, I will go in, I'll unsubscribe or stop the emails. But you'll have to find what your own unique balance is because maybe that is working for you and that's and it's okay to try. It's okay to try it that way. And if you feel like you're getting a lot of unsubscribes, then maybe pull back just a little bit and maybe not send so many. So you have to, again, it's one of those things you have to, to figure out trial by error. All right. The other thing that I wanted to talk about real quick, just something to consider because we all think like, oh my gosh, what if? I went viral or what if I was mentioned by a famous person or, and it happened to me back in December of 2018, I got contacted by the Dr. Phil show and I helped them. All they wanted me to do was help organize uh, the homes of one of their clients that happened to live in Las Vegas. And in exchange, then I would get a shout out on an mention, I think is what they're calling it, on the Dr. Phil show. So the episode aired, I believe it was December 5th, 2018. And I cried like a baby when I saw Dr. Phil mention One Organized Mama and show my logo. Cried like a baby. And I was just like, I was just like, blah, all day. And... I was so excited. My phone ding, ding. Like, I think I had like 500 Instagram followers. It's probably where I got the majority of my Instagram followers, to be honest. So people were watching that episode from everywhere and then started to follow me on Instagram. And that was super, super cool. But I just want you to know that also, as exciting as it can be, the reality of it is that it's momentary. It's like a moment. And as much as I wanted to be like, oh my gosh, this is going to just like set me off to like, you know, other people, other talk shows might reach out to me or I'll hear from the Dr. Phil show again. That wasn't necessarily the case. So it was just a one-time mention. Um, I was happy to help the client. Um, And again, it was just a moment in time. So, but a very exciting one. Also, it kind of exposes your business. So you have to kind of be ready for that. It kind of shows the good and maybe not so good and everything in between. And what was unfortunate about the timing of that is that I didn't have any way to capitalize on it. So I didn't have the online courses. I didn't have the podcast. But what it did do during that exposure was when people were reaching out to me from all over the country, I was like, whoa, how can I reach more people? That's really where that seed was planted where I was like, I love teaching, right? I love what I'm doing. So when the time came for me to sort of step back from organizing with clients one-on-one and let go of my team, it really did help catapult me into these next um, areas when I decided to go ahead and do a podcast and to reach a wider audience because there was definitely a wider audience out there 
that wanted to hear what I had to say. And maybe a few of you guys, you started following me with the with that experience, but something that was definitely, definitely super exciting. And something, I'll just be honest, that wasn't super exciting around that same time. And I don't know the correlation, but it also did expose to uh, a trademark issue. So again, when you go viral and you're in front of everything, you have the copycats that kind of come out of the woodwork. And yeah, it, it, it also kind of opens up a whole new set of issues and stuff. So kind of, and I'm not saying don't shoot for the the stars and the moon and wish and hope for those things, but just be prepared that sometimes when those really great moments happen, it also comes with a whole new set of stuff that you never imagined um, you'd also have to deal with. So again, but still shoot for it. Just do it in a way where you're just prepared kind of for anything. All right. Last thing that I want to say to you. Ultimately, the success of your business is going to be on building relationships, period. I don't care what business you are in. Business is all about building the relationship with your clients and your customers and the consumers out there. And Ultimately, that's what we have with the businesses that we do business, the products that we have. We feel like we have a relationship with them. We can, just like I did with Volvo, we can tout their slogan and what they stand for and, you know, where their company came from. And that's ultimately what your job is. So when you really understand and you can tell your story of your business, you understand what your value proposition is. Ultimately, I want you to find ways to build those relationships. And it doesn't even have to be directly with the consumers. Start building them with other people. Like for instance, in the professional organizing world, I love having relationships with like-minded people that don't necessarily do stuff with professional organizing, but might do stuff that are kind of related, like moving companies or you know, just different, you know, like uh, cleaning services, different things like that, and just kind of helping each other out. So ultimately, that is what your goal is. And if you really do focus and have a servant's heart of going out there, serving your clients, doing so with a confidence that what you're bringing them is value. And therefore, when it comes to the money part, you can stand your ground and say, This is what I bring you and this is how much it costs because it is okay for you to provide for yourself financially, period. Also, be the go-to expert in your area, especially it doesn't matter what your thing is. Just be that first top of mind. You want to focus on that. Just be the go-to expert. I hope some of these tips helped you. I hope you had a few nuggets that you can apply to your business. I'm super excited. I'm going to probably end this small business series with the next episode. I'm going to bring back on Samantha from uh, Samantha Brown from Her Healed Heart. She has her new podcast out. So definitely go and follow it. And I think we're going to talk about wrapping this up, but we're going to talk about when you're a multi-passionate entrepreneur, which means you have more than one business. Like I do one organized mama and I do real estate. How do I juggle between the two? Maybe you have two different businesses or you have one and you want to 
start doing something else, but where are you going to find the time and how are you going to do it? So that's what we'll be discussing on the next podcast episode and then bring this to a close, this small business series. So super appreciative of you as always for taking the time and listening. Again, share, reach out to me if you're interested on one-on-one coaching, um, online courses. Uh, If you have ideas or other topics you'd like me to discuss on the podcast, reach out to me on Instagram, Mama. Or email oneorganizedmama at gmail.com. You guys stay safe out there. And I will see you next time.